Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bito. Welcome, and muy bienvenidos to episode number 211 of Mexico Unexplained where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm your host, Robert Bitto. The year was 1972. Millions of Mexicans were riveted to their television sets. A Mexico City talk show host was interviewing a woman known only as Marla. She described herself as a housewife and mother of ten children who worked part-time in a publishing house. This seemingly ordinary woman, whose real name was Maria de Socorro Perez, claimed to have been in contact with extraterrestrial beings. Marla told the host that the beings began contact with her four years before, in 1968, a year of tumultuous events in Mexico and throughout the world. The host of the show asked questions with a mix of disbelief and fear. Nothing like this had ever been broadcast on Mexican television before, and the show was in uncharted territory. After the airing of this talk show, Marla became somewhat of a celebrity in the small UFO and paranormal communities in Mexico. Her interview appeared in the fringe pulp magazines, and many Mexicans were intrigued by Marla's stories of supposed alien contact. One of the magazines was called Contacto OVNI, or UFO Contact in English, published and edited by Mexico's pioneering female UFO researcher, Besito Rodriguez. Rodriguez featured the contactee in many of her magazines, as Marla had many encounters and many messages that the visitors wanted to relay to humanity. Marla's story is an interesting one. In 1968, a casual acquaintance of Marla's had just returned from a trip through Tibet and northern India. This friend had been in contact with Tibetan lamas in exile in India, who asked him if he knew anyone who would help in a great cause, the elevation of the consciousness of humanity to a higher level. Marla listened to her friend and was curious. She told him she would like to participate in some capacity. The friend told her that someone would contact her soon about her being a part of this, but she would not know when and would not know how. Marla went about her daily life and just expected the unexpected. One day in a supermarket parking lot, a man appeared at the side of her car while she was loading her groceries. In an article in Contacto OVNI, Marla described the man as being well-dressed in contemporary clothing. He was Caucasian in appearance, having short-cropped blonde hair and grayish-blue eyes, and had a muscular build. When he spoke to her, his Spanish was flawless and his accent was pure Mexican. She knew at once that this was the meeting she was destined to have. She asked the strange blonde man where he was from, because even though he looked like a gringo, his Spanish was perfect. The man avoided the question somewhat at first, but then told Marla that he wasn't from planet Earth. In subsequent interviews, Marla would say that she thought the man was from either Venus or Mars. That might seem strange today, but back in the 1950s and 1960s, many people, 
believed that these planets had human-like civilizations on them and routinely sent visitors to Earth. The man's name was Amris. He told Marla that she was one of eight contactees selected throughout the world, part of the first wave of intense, thoroughly planned contact between extraterrestrials and common humans. Throughout the 1970s, this number would grow in excess of 15,000. In that supermarket parking lot, Amris got into Marla's car and started talking to her about highly advanced scientific subjects like genetics and astrophysics. In his discussion of astronomy, Amris told Marla that there were 12 and not 9 planets in the solar system. He explained to her that this would be the first of many meetings, and he would be the first of many visitors. Before leaving Marla, Amris gave her a homework assignment of sorts. She was to visit sites of religious and spiritual significance throughout Mexico to unlock her mind and to prepare her to be on a more energetic spiritual level. These sites included not only important Catholic shrines, but sacred places that were holy to modern indigenous people and those of the pre-Hispanic civilizations. When Ambris exited Marla's car, she felt a bit overwhelmed, but went home and wrote down everything her contact told her. It all filled several notebooks. According to the Mexican UFO press in the 1970s, Marla also met with three other beings by the names of Ramkar, Kutumi, and Kardem. She told of an encounter with one named Ramkar in great detail in an article in an obscure Mexican magazine called Otros Planetas, or Other Planets in English. Here, she described her visitor Ramkar as looking very Eastern European, like someone from Poland or Russia. He had very pale skin, green eyes, a roundish face, blonde hair, and a lean muscular body looking about 35 years old. He was wearing a one-piece bodysuit when he appeared outside her home. Again, this person spoke perfect Mexican Spanish. Ramkar wanted to impart to Marla medical knowledge and gave her some sort of device in the shape of a short metal rod. He told her that the best description he could give her for this metallic stick was that it was a tool for healing. It could diagnose and treat any illness. Marla would keep this piece of technology until the late 1970s, when she would give it to one of her followers who would eventually take it to the United States. By the mid-1970s, Marla had many hundreds of followers who were on board with her to help humanity get to its next level of consciousness. In the back pages of those pulp Mexican UFO and paranormal magazines, Marla sold cassette tapes and pamphlets to those who were interested in helping in her grand mission. The cassettes and chapbooks instructed the prospective pupil in the techniques of automatic writing, meditation, and channeling. Marla would also give workshops in private homes in some of the wealthiest neighborhoods in Mexico City. Outside the small paranormal community, no one knew her except for her 1972 television interview, but within the community of UFO buffs and fringe researchers, Marla was a star. Over the course of the 1970s, Marla had many contacts, and the four main beings, Kardem, Ramkar, Kutumi, and Amris, 
were often accompanied by others. Marla claimed that these visitors were not necessarily all from off-world, but some were interdimensional beings. According to her many interviews, she never flew in a spacecraft and never went through an interdimensional portal. Through her hundreds of meetings, Marla relayed the messages of the visitors to her followers, the press, and anyone who would listen. The main message of Marla's contacts had to do with the need for humanity to better itself. The visitors were worried that not only would humans destroy their own world, but they would spread their destruction to other parts of the galaxy. The off-world beings who spoke to Marla told her that they had had experience with races like humans in their own recent past, and they were greatly harmed. They did not want to face the same threat from a future human race, so they thought it prudent to intervene at this time. The contact phenomena was to soften up humans and to elevate the consciousness of humanity away from things like war, poverty, and environmental degradation. Marla also maintained that Mexico was specially chosen as a site for initial contact because the country has a very long history of complex civilizations that were in touch with various supernatural forces and experienced higher levels of consciousness for thousands of years. It was in Mexico's ancestral memory and the fact that the very DNA of Mexicans was more plugged in or receptive to other realms or multidimensional realities that Mexico was one of the first places chosen. Mexico is also a place with many interdimensional portals and thin spots where dimensions and realities can be somewhat porous. There were other contactees in Mexico in the 1970s who did not make themselves known publicly and did the work needed to be done, but in secret. Marla became the most famous of all those chosen and served as a repository of vast amounts of knowledge. In one article in a magazine from 1978, the author described a scene in which Marla attended a conference of university physicists and gave a presentation on quantum physics that was levels above what this ordinary woman could have learned on her own. The same thing happened when she spoke to doctors about what she had learned from her contacts about what she called electromagnetic healing. The medical device given to Marla by Ram Carr supposedly had several patents that were eventually developed from it. She gave this piece of advanced technology to one of her followers. This person eventually got a job with NASA, and that is how the device made it to the United States. After 1980, nothing more was mentioned about this short metal rod that had special medical powers. Marla stopped giving interviews in the 1980s, and made few public appearances in that decade. Many modern Mexican podcasters and UFO bloggers have tried to get her to do interviews here in the internet age, but Marla is now in her late 80s and lives a private and quiet life in either Guadalajara or Mexico City. Information is conflicting. What is Marla's legacy? Is her story even believable? Is there some truth to what she experienced with the rest filled in and exaggerated by the sensational Mexican UFO press? 
Many critics call Marla an outright fraud, a flim-flam artist who made money from selling tapes and by conducting elite workshops in the homes of wealthy believers. These critics contend that she never produced a shred of physical evidence for any of her contacts, not a photograph, not even a simple artifact from another planet or dimension. Defenders would counter that the message is what's important, and there is no need to present any physical evidence as long as the talking points are true. Other critics see Marla as the object of an elaborate hoax rather than playing the role of the hoaxer. The description of the visitors seems strange and has been seen before in Mexico. In the UFO case at the Santa Lucia Air Force Base, the supposed aliens fit Marla's description to a T. Light-haired, physically fit, young male Caucasians. For more information about that UFO incident, please see Mexico Unexplained, episode number 171. Some allege that Marla's encounters, along with the entire UFO contact or abduction phenomenon, are elaborate hoaxes put on by the intelligence agencies of the main world powers. At the time of Marla's experiences, in the midst of the Cold War, those main powers would have been the United States and the Soviet Union. The perfect Mexican-Spanish aside, the visitors were very gringo, and even the supposed alien named Ramkar was described as looking very Eastern European. Was he really an operative from behind the Iron Curtain, participating in an elaborate psychological operation? If this were the case, Marla herself may not have even been aware of such an elaborate trick being played on her and the thousands of others. If Marla does know the truth, she isn't talking. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends by sharing these shows with others. Please go to our website, MexicoUnexplained.com, for references, illustrations, and for free access to transcripts of past shows. Please visit Amazon.com to purchase the books, Mexico Unexplained and Mexican Monsters, to get hard copies of The Magic, The Mysteries, and The Miracles of Mexico. We appreciate your kind attention once again. Till next time, thank you and gracias. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links and commentary, please check out our website at MexicoUnexplained.com. Like us on Facebook and be a part of the conversation. Adios and hasta la vista.